they don't, they don't, what'd you do? I don't know, I just punched him, picked him up, slammed on his head. <laughs> They're just tough. They're physically Absolutely. tough. Yeah, you know? there's a lot to be said for that. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, so there's that's part of the, the the thing where you're training and you're dealing with, you know, aches and pains and putting yourself in those positions where you know you're physically exerting yourself and it's like, oh man, this is tiring. Okay, I gotta suck it up. Or like uh, during all these Zoom classes and whatever else, yeah, it's not ideal. It's not the best thing we can do. And there's probably I would say I would bet you ninety percent of the people aren't training now. Yeah. Because. I know it because I know how many people are at our school and how many people are on Zoom classes. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, you know, it's just really hard. I go, so I just, and then I see posts that they write and it's like, oh, I, I miss the martial arts so much. I go, no, you don't. Because yeah, if you did, you'd be doing it because I know the people that are missing it a lot because they're on those damn classes. Yeah. And they're doing it. And, yeah. it's not, and it may not be the, what they want to do, but it's better than nothing. And yeah. so because they're martial artists, because they want to train, they're, they're into it. And I'm, I'm, that's what I'm about. And I, take, and I tell you this, I've taken more classes myself in this last couple months yes. than I have because I'd always be teaching. So I yes. get to take these classes and I'm doing this stuff and taking classes from, you know, different students. And I'm just like, this, yeah, this is pretty cool. You know, for <laughs> me, it's martial arts. And I always tell, and this is also where I think, uh, some of the people that are strictly 100% Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, they're hurting. Yeah. Because it's hard. You can, you can do so many solo drills, Yeah. right? But when you have a striking background, when you have a weaponry background, you're taking from so many different things. And if, you know, going to, I tell people this, I go to Thailand and train. Yeah. You get up, you run hour hour and a half and then you jump rope for another 20 30 minutes so the first two hours of your training session you've been either running or jumping rope and then you're going to shadow box and then you're going to get on the heavy bag you haven't touched the person yet and it's yeah. almost you know two and a half hours into this this training session and then if you're lucky because just the way the this morning session's working you may have a, a guy be able to hold some pads for you or you're going to clinch then you come in from the afternoon session, super hot. Now it's like 100 degrees. We go run, just not as long. And we jump rope for about the same amount of time, 20, 30 minutes. And then you're shadow boxing. Then you're on the heavy bag. But now you're going to cycle into the tie pads more. So now you actually tie pad and then maybe do some timing sparring and some clinch. But I said out of that time, the major a lot of the time was kind of solo training on heavy bag, shadow boxing, doing knee drills you know, jumping rope, running, and then you get onto the stuff, but it's the mentality, it's the drive, it's the push. And I go, now we're just, we're just kind of uh, positioned, so we, we have to focus more on those solo drills, but with striking, you can still hardwire those skills because it's about speed and, and direction yeah. of your punches and getting your body mechanics and base and footwork and really isolating those specific elbows and knees and getting yeah. very hard wired you know and then you can still hit a heavy bag people have heavy bags i i make up everything in my in the house because i want to make sure that people that don't yeah. have access to different bob dummies and whatever else everything i did i made yeah so i said hey what 
I have the one where I hang the baggie, the bag, the baggie that's full of baggies. So you hit it. Bah, 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 bah. I said, how easy is this? Yeah. Just deal with it. Just figure it out. Now your accuracy is going to develop. It swings at a weird timing. You know, you can put another bag on the end of it. So now it swings even more oblong. <laughs> and so you can start to do things. And the yeah. Rona dummy that I made, you know, that's yep. awesome. That's here you know, in my house. You know, so I train on my carpet. I teach all my Zoom classes from a room. I could train them out. I could teach them out of my academy yeah. on the mats. But a lot of the people, they got their bed around them. They're on carpet. They're on wooden floor. And then I'd be like, yeah, just sprawl. Here we go. Kabam. On my mat, they'd be like, uh, I'm on a wood floor yeah. or on a carpet on cement. It's not going to work. Yeah. So I do everything here because now they can relate to it. And yep. And I'm modifying for that specific situation. Then this is where I tell them, this is what you're benefiting from this more than anything because, and then I bring up the Anthony Smith video with he, when he got in that fight. Yeah. He was the most trained, badass fighters. And he said it was one of the toughest fights in his life in yeah. his house. In his because home. they're used to being on a mat and everything's ready and they're warmed up and all these different things, and there's no furniture around, you don't have to think about your family and your kids yeah. running around and panicking. Yeah. And him I talking said, about his wife holding that guy's legs. Yes. Like, don't don't kick my wife. And he's like, okay. And yeah. then right back to fighting, just, yeah. oh my goodness. So you got all this crazy stuff going on. And I go, now you're learning how to defend yourself in your own house and what it feels like to be on carpet, which is not the same as being on that nice, grippy mat. Yeah. It's a little bit slippery. All right, and then <laughs> if you have, you know, furniture around and, and, and walls and corners you got to watch out for, and I said this is more realistic training for self defense than than training it in the gym. Absolutely. So absolutely. Yeah. So I said it's, it's this is a benefit. You can either look at it as oh Jesus, or it's like okay, this is something that's going to benefit me at a at a higher level because I wouldn't normally ever do this, but this is probably where. If I had a fight, it's going to be somewhere like this or yeah. on cement or tar. Yeah. I mean, so. in the U.S. alone, we have a home invasion every two minutes. Yeah. I mean, most people get into martial arts, like you said, for some form of confidence or because they want to be able to protect their family and their home. What could be more realistic than training and modifying inside your home? Yeah. Right? So if we take it and use it as an opportunity to better ourselves and maybe have those discussions with our family, Right? We're all better off. So I, I'm 100% with you. I'm doing a lot of the same things. And I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important. Really important. So I've, I've got one more question for you. You know, you've talked about during during your battle with cancer that, you know, mantras and, um, you know, mindset was such a big thing. Obviously, it's the same with any kind of fight camp or any kind of training and all the things that you've done. Can you talk a little bit more about just mantra and mindset? Yeah. So, you know, for me... Growing up as an athlete, you know, you you find out that, yeah, obviously you're physically training, but as you start to get higher up in the competition, now mindset becomes such a huge part of it because yeah. now you could have all the skills and all the abilities and all the techniques and just be physically a badass in the, in the gym, but you can't connect the dots when it comes to competing under the lights, right? You get nervous, you're, you're, you know, you're doubting yourself. You, you start to, you get tired before you even walk on the mat or whatever the situation is. So big part of that is developing your mindset. 
you know, develop and kind of preparing and having routines that you go through to get you prepared for that so that when you go on there, it's like your body already knows what's going on. It's like, a, oh, yeah, we've done this. Take care of this. No problem. That's the way it is. And you start to learn these over time. And as a college athlete, you work with sports psychologists, right? Because I always tell people that when you're at that level, you know, you're dealing with other people that are very good. But now you have this other pressure of having to maintain your grades and schooling and, and doing all this other stuff. So you got all these things that are pulling at you and dealing with. And taking that and learning how to navigate that in your mind, all right, and becoming stronger and learning that, okay, hey, when I walk into that gym or that wrestling mat or wherever I'm at, everything else that was with me during that day, that can't come in with me. It's not going to help me anyways. And so you learn how to separate, you know, these things in your, in your mind. Now we're doing this. This stuff's not going to matter. So I'm not bringing any of that baggage in. And you do that enough, and pretty soon everything you do, that becomes you be, you be able to compartmentalize things. You know, okay, this is happening over here, but it's not, it's not affecting this, so just you're going to have to stay over there. You know? and, uh, and I always tell people, if, if the problem is so bad that you're bringing it into the gym, take care of the problem. Yeah. Take absolutely. care of the problem because it's affecting your training. But if it's not, you take care of that. The other thing is like the mantras. Or this that that mindset for me, you know, learn knowing that your mind, that your body will keep going like a machine, but your mind gives up. Yeah. Your mind gives up. Like I tell you this, my old wrestling coach used to yell at us, and he would say we'd be just tired and just pushing us super hard. And he, I remember him saying, "If this roof was to collapse right now, all you would be sprinting out here." And you'd be running full blast up the stairs and the timbers and the bricks are falling behind you. And you'd be outside going, whoa, did you see that? The whole building, you forget 100% about how tired you are. And you're like, you're right. That's true, yeah. Let's just keep going, push through this. And <laughs> again, that mentality, and the guys would tell me that, I used to tell that story a lot. Hey, this is this roof with a collapse, you'd be running out. And and having that that mindset of, being able to direct those thoughts, yeah. knowing that your brain can only deal with a couple, you know, one major thought at a time that's really going to affect you. So when that's the case, you know, I'm training. I would use. I remember doing stuff that was really physically demanding. Your lungs are burning. Your legs are whatever. And if you focus on that, believe me, they are going to burn, and they are in your legs, and your muscles are going to give in, and it's just oh, it's terrible. So I remember doing my tie pads where you're just kicking and punching and tie pads and live wrestling, I think are the physically, the physically hardest things that replicate that feeling of a fight where your lungs are burning, your muscles are tired. You just got to keep hitting with power or a scramble in wrestling. We can't land your back and hang out. You got to scramble for top. You got to fight with everything you can to keep going and going and going and going. <laughs> so you have that mentality. And what I would think about is I'd never think about my fatigue. I'd always sub-vocalize what I was doing. Okay, got okay, keep my other hand up, up on my toes, pivot, pivot. So I'd always be focusing on the technique and never about my fatigue. And then when the buzzer got done, you'd be like, oh. <laughs> yeah, okay. And then you'd have one, how we would do it back in the day, we'd have a three-minute round. And then when a three-minute timer would go off, then we'd have to sprint and do eight sets of threes. One, two, three, kick, one, two, three, kick. So then... The faster you got done with your three kicks, the more 
time you'd have. So if you got done with like 12 seconds, then you'd have like 48 seconds of rest. <laughs> if it took like 20 seconds, now you only got 40 seconds of rest because that timer's going to come back and the holder's yeah. going to, you don't care. The holder doesn't feel you're tired. And yeah. so go. And then uh, the other thing, like in Thailand, there's no, there's no such thing as a three-minute round. Yeah. They don't have timers. It's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, some kid telling time who doesn't know how to tell time. Great. That's who's keeping our rounds. <laughs> and so you might have a round that's seven minutes long. Oh yeah. You might have a round at 10 minutes long, five minutes. You don't know. You don't know how long it's going to be. And that holder is not going to change. And so you just got to learn how to continue to push through. So you, over time you realize that, okay, I can, I can push my body. I can, I can, push past this. If the person on the right and the person on the left is doing it, I can do it. I can keep going. I can push. Right. And so I would start coming up with these little, you know, little sayings in my head, you know, that, that would push me through. And in, and when I was dealing with cancer, I had one of them that said, okay, I might have cancer, but cancer won't have me. Yeah. And I just keep Love saying that. It. Yeah. And then the other one was, okay, I'm going to fight. I might live, I might die, but I'm not going to stop fighting. So the mentality was just keep fighting and fighting. Whatever happened, happened. You know, you knew you're battling cancer. There's a possibility that you might die. Who knows? Yeah. It's real. You got to be real with it. But I tell people that usually when you're alone at night is the worst because that's when the, the negative thoughts will start coming in. And for me, the worst one was not being able to see my kids grow up. Oh, and I had to battle that, that, because that would, I mean, you'd bring up a lot of emotion. You'd start, you know, kind of get a little panicky in a way, and you start crying about it, and you'd just be like, nope. And then you'd have to fill that thought up, and you'd have to overwhelm it with some other thought. Yeah. But then I'd be like, okay. And then I'd come up with, man, I have cancer, but cancer's not going to have me. Or And I'd just keep saying that over and over, and pretty yeah. soon that thought would be taken over. Yeah. And then you're back to no, whatever. Yeah. And then the next, and it would come again, and then you'd have to battle it again, and then it, and it was just a constant battle. And if I didn't have that ability to know that, you fill up your mind with a with anything. Literally, you could just say water, 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 some weird word over and over. <laughs> if you're occupying your mind with that as opposed to the negative thought. Yeah, it's you're you're doing your job at that point, and so I think. Uh, having that ability and it doesn't matter what it is you could have any kind of like a you know simple mantra when you're going through stuff you know i'm always expanding my abilities and skills i'm only whatever you just say it over and over and over and over and and for me i, I do that in the morning right away in the shower i have my little you know this is going to be the greatest day ever you know i'm i'm going to yeah. love i'm going to love and take on any challenge I can and I'm gonna I'm gonna love the challenge absolutely I'm always expanding my abilities and skills I'm empowered my mind and you know and I, and I just keep saying these things over and over and I have this one where I go through the, the alphabet I you know basically it's like you know I I'm in charge of my mind and and I and I will take charge of my and I go through my actions my attitude I'm gonna be bold and courageous and disciplined and decisive I'm gonna be energetic then totally excited. I'm going to be a fighter. I'm going to forge through the fire. I'm going to, you know, then I'm going to be full of gratitude and I'm going to have grace and I'm going to be healthy and happy and intense and inspiring and full of joy and kindness and love and motivate. And I just go through the entire alphabet. 
And that's, I said, that takes what? A couple minutes, a minute or two? But it, it kind of directs your mind now. Yes. And now you've kind of already taken over and your mind is seeing things positive. And I, and I open up my curtain right away in the morning. And I go, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this day. This is the best day ever. Right so away. Wonderful. And even if I'm like, this is the best day <laughs> you know, It is what it is. Your brain is, it's a habit for me now. And I, I tell people those habits that you have are huge. Yeah. Because for me, it's that morning routine that I talked about at the beginning. You know, when you talk about how I do my, you know, run my average day, I still have the exact same routine that I start my entire day off. I'm just not going to the academy right afterwards. Yeah. The exact same thing. And I tell people, I, I still go to bed at the same time. I still get up at the same time. People yeah. are having problems sleeping. Yeah. The whole thing is, I said, well, to me, it's a habit. I don't, I don't have that because I'm still going to train. I'm teaching a class at 10 on Zoom. So I teach a class at, anyways, and then at five o'clock, I'm taking a class that one of my instructors is teaching, and I'd be teaching at that time. Yeah. And then throughout the day, I'm doing other stuff. I'm doing weaponry things. I'm doing Carenzas, you know, just yeah. making up goofy crap to do, you know, <laughs> back in my Rona dummies, having them attack me, you know, <laughs> funny things to do on Instagram to get people's minds off of, yeah. you know, the doom and the gloom, and then I'll put something, you know, serious stuff on there. And then I'll put like, like today I was just talking, my first one was, you know, listen, you're going to train that you're not, this, this thing is going to go by. And just, I, I talked about my, a little bit of the cancer, right? And I was like, man, that was like a year solid where I was in a bed in rooms laying around doing Zippo, zero. Now I can go outside when I want. I can kind of train. I can, I can sit there and watch TV all day I, if I decided to. I could get in my Jeep and drive around. I could go to my – I mean, you're not – nobody's trapped. Yeah. You decide what you want to do with this, right? And yeah. you can still train. You can still push yourself really hard. It's just different. You just got to do it differently. Yeah, yeah. And we, we all love change so much, don't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. And some people, I think that's kind of too – Doing multiple martial arts, I'll teach a gym, uh, uh, you know, Thai boxing class. And then right after Thai boxing class, I'm teaching jujitsu. And then, I, you know, then I'm teaching at the end of the night, I might be teaching a weaponry class. So I'm constantly changing classes, constantly changing. So nothing's just stuck in this doing jujitsu, 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 or wrestling and wrestling and wrestling. Man, on a, during the wrestling season, it's, it's jujitsu or wrestling in the mornings, and then it's MMA, and then it's wrestling practice, then it's Thai boxing, then it's jujitsu, then it's Filipino martial arts or Zen Fan. It's just constant and it doesn't stop and it's always changing. And we're on the mat doing a live grappling, it's constantly changing. It's always a nonstop problem solving issue. And I always tell people when you're in a really craptacular position, you know, some people you just see them go, oh, and I'm like, huh. This is a unique training opportunity. Well, I've never been here before. I don't want to be here too long. But I don't, that's how I think about it, right? It's like, yeah. all right, I'm going to be here sometime. Let's figure this out. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's so much to be said about, you know, positive thinking mentality. Uh, one of my coaches, uh, somebody I've worked with before, Aaron Gennetti, says to me, and I, I quote it all the time now, words create our stories and stories create our future. And mm -hmm. so I think developing mantras and a certain style of positivity in your mindset goes so much further than just being every day in your average. And, and you know, like you talk about journaling sometimes is so powerful, but setting that mindset, setting those schedules, setting those routines and habits go a long way. Cause even if you do one thing today consistently for the next year, that will make you better. Imagine where you'll be in a year. Yeah, exactly. One thing, one, one yeah. thing, 1% better today. Yep. So, um, before I let you go, he will kick me. If I don't ask, um, I asked the aperture fight focus group, uh, I said, hey, I get to interview Greg Nelson. If you guys had the chance to ask him a question, what would you ask him? And of course, Paolo Rubio had to ask, why are you always so happy? Why do you seem to be so happy all the time? So I told him I'd ask. Okay, here's the deal. And I, and I talked about it in my, my, one of my Instagram things, though, but I've been a place where you're knocking on death's door. Yep. And so every, being able to even train a little bit is a blessing when you had everything ripped away yeah so for me i i, I was always hyperactive but my mom said yeah you're, you're never clinically hyperactive she was a teacher she would not let that happen which is good but <laughs> i was always pretty active and always finding stuff to do and so i always tell people my mind is like a random synapse it's just like pew, pew. so i have to continually try to harness that in but I'm, I'm usually looking for fun things to do, that, like mischievous, right? <laughs> so I'm always thinking, oh, what, what can I do to make people laugh or do whatever? You know, so I kind of have that mindset. And, and for me, it just is, it's, I, you know, have the, have the, I would say, you know, the wise man has the heart of a child. Or I have the mind of one, <laughs> act like one. And so I'm like, I'm covering all my bases there. <laughs> for me, that's kind of how it is after you've been on that place where you've walked in the valley of the shadow, right? Yeah. In a lot of ways. And then you're out. Now you're in this, you're kind of basking in the sun of this is it. Now How I can you not be happy. Yeah. And that's a huge thing. And, and again, it, there's a mindset you choose the attitude you're going to have. Yeah. And I know sometimes even my, some of the guys at the Academy, they get a little irritated because they're going, God, this is, I go, yeah, okay, yeah, this is this sucks right now. It really does. And we could think that or we could think, okay, how are we going to navigate through this? What are we going to do? Because everybody's going through the same thing, but some some of them are going to navigate right and some of them are going to give up. Yeah. I'd rather be on the on the on the ship that's going in the way that you know is gonna allow us to succeed and keep doing what we're doing. So hey, let's let's figure this out. How can we do even if it's the most mundane, boring thing, how can we do it in a fun way that's going to get people in a habit of doing it? Because oh, that might be the process for a while. Yeah. In classes. Absolutely. That might absolutely. be the process, but what is it? Unless you're, unless you're totally opened up and, and the people that you're around and you're not really worried about anybody getting sick and they don't have old people around them and all this other stuff, nobody knows what's going on. You know, doesn't matter what your view of what's going on is. There's a lot of people that, ah, this is a fraud, this is a fake. It's like, well, there's a lot of people that are still really sick that yeah. are really healthy. So I don't know about that. <laughs> I, my mom is like 80-some. Yeah. And, you know, I have people that, 
you know, that I know that have relatives that have died. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, there's, it's, it's a real thing. And you think that this is some government conspiracy when they can't even figure out how to do anything else, but they were able to coordinate the entire global collapse. You guys are insane. Can't even get us our mail on time. Exactly. So, <laughs> Oh, Bill Gates. And I'm like, oh, geez, don't even watch this stuff. <laughs> well, you know, one thing that I have brought up to my members is, you know, as I talked to you about, my, my kiddo, she's five years old. And I know when she's in school, when this is long past, this is going to be for me. She's going to come back to me in school and go, hey, mom, my teacher said to come back and ask you, what did you during, do during this time? And my answer is not going to be I sat on my couch. My yep. answer is going to be that I continue to make a difference and I continue to work toward uh, making my community stronger and better and reaching more people and talking to more people and being that guiding light for those people who needed encouragement. It's not going to be an imprint on the couch. Yeah. Right. And that's a choice I've made, right? Uh, I, I like how David Goggins talks about basically you've got a voice and a whisper. And for a lot of people, that voice, that negative voice constantly in your head, right? And we've all dealt with it. And then we have that little whisper of positivity. We have to encourage that whisper of positivity until it's louder than that voice and they trade places. And so, I mean, if you're struggling at home to do something, start like we talked about earlier one thing a day make one change set a schedule set a routine set a habit right if you want to make yourself if you want to at the end of this come out a better person that's up to you entirely up to you no one else can make those changes but you so yeah. choose to seek out more positivity in your social media and the things that you're watching on the news and the things that you're reading what's on your bookshelf for crying out loud make yourself better by taking that step you make yourself better 100 percent. and hey Ants, automatic negative thoughts. You don't have automatic positive thoughts. Correct. You have to create those. You have to work on them. Your brain is a muscle and you yeah. work it just like anything else, right? But you're constantly going to have these automatic negative thoughts, so you got to crush the ants, all right? You just got to <laughs> smash them down, right? I love so that. That's the kind of the mentality. It's like, oh, there's a thought, bam, bam, bam. Let's bring something positive to, to, to nail it out. And pretty soon, it's a habit. You start to do it automatically, right? And you look at the thought, the negative negative thought, okay, that's something that's negative. That is a negative thing. But how do we deal with it? What's What do we do with it? Yeah. Do we just let it overwhelm us? <laughs> no. I mean, let's figure it out. Let's figure it out. So we got to come back. And that's why I think it's, like you said, what are you reading? What are you listening to? What are you watching? I mean, that's the stuff you're feeding your brain, right? Yeah. So it's really important. I, don't, I have no idea most of the time what's happening in the news. No idea. You know, I, I, if I look at some, something, it's like, huh, that, uh, huh, I'm going to look at, I'm going to look at the absolute opposite point of view, see where we're going to come at it, you know, because, yeah. you know, if you, everything changes by the day with this stuff. Yes, and it so, does. Wear masks, don't wear masks, do this, don't do that, this, that, the other thing. Yeah. So it's like, well, what are we going to do, my, what am I going to do myself to keep me healthy, and then how am I going to allow that to encourage other people to do the same thing? Because for me, I tell people this too, and this kind of will go back to the Apollo thing too. When I was on my, in the hospital bed dealing with my cancer, do you think I ever thought about my bank? my bills, 
car payments, anything of that nature, nothing. Yeah. yeah, was I thinking about what my next training program was going to be, my next routine, my next? No, I was battling for the next minute. Yeah. The next minute. My mind was so occupied by what I had to do and how I was going to do it that when I came after, out of that, then I said, well, it's just like when I looked at the sports, when I wanted to become a better athlete, I, I figured out what do I got to train and how am I going to do it? And it's, when I did this, now it was even accentuated even more. Now it was like minute by minute. How am I going to affect this minute to the next minute to the next minute? So it's all the same process no matter yeah. what we do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's been pretty, uh, to me, it's just a big, fun, unique journey. You know? <laughs> yeah. it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Greg, for those people who want to find out more on how to follow you and what you're doing and even your online university, can you tell people more where they can find it, that information? I'm going to get a sunburn over here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my online university is gregnelsonmma.com. It's a great site. So that, that has that. And it has, you know, obviously martial arts stuff, but also has motivational things in there, kind of my routines and different things I do. Uh, if you're interested in our academy, it's the academymn.com. And you, know, you can see the different things on there as well. Uh, then whatever I'm on, I'm mostly on Instagram. You know, I, I throw stuff up there almost every day. Sometimes things, motivations, other times it's some kind of whatever my random synapse mind is coming up with. <laughs> right. So having fun with it. And then I, and then I'll throw some stuff on Facebook as well. Awesome. Throw stuff around there. and that's all if you look under Greg Nelson oh yes MMA, it's all. your information is easy to find but of course I will link all of that in the comments below underneath this interview so uh, you know please make sure to follow Greg support him and all the things he's doing because I mean if you haven't noticed he's just fantastic and, and one of the most genuine giving people of his time and effort and just so knowledgeable just an encyclopedia of knowledge. Greg, I want to thank you so much for coming on, sharing your time with us. It has been an absolute honor of my lifetime and pleasure to be able to chat with you and ask you all my questions. Um, thank, thank you, seriously. Awesome. Fun. Fun time. All right, everybody else, uh, we'll catch you another time with the next interview, uh, and we'll see you again soon. Cool. A lot of them, but <laughs> this is kind of, it kind of is almost like uh, not as crazy as a helicopter landing on me, but it's very <laughs> kind of a similar situation. I was driving back from uh, Reno area. I was up there in Lake Tahoe, Reno with my aunt. And I was, that's when I was staying down in California. And we went up there first and we have some family up there. So coming back on the 80, kind of across the United States, I was, uh, you know, when you get to Salt Lake, you have one of the, the one going West is the low road, and the one going east, I think, is the high road, and it was super stormy, and it was windy, and you're watching, like, semi-trailers just shaking and Ooh. back and forth. Well, I'm driving, and I have, like, a Ford Escort, so it's not, like, the biggest car in the world, right? So but those things are good, and I'm just <laughs> driving, and, and I'm seeing this these taillights jumping up and down. I'm like, I'm like, what is going on here? This is the craziest thing ever, right? And then all of a sudden, I just see the taillights go, Phew! and what it was, it was a trailer that was getting blown by the wind, and the trailer turned and flipped, and when it flipped, the car flipped. Yeah. And it 
the trailer went over the guardrail, which would have went straight down into the other one, and the car was kind of turned on its side, kind of leaning against it. So I'm like, eh, and I turn, I pull over because I'm, and semis are going past, and obviously this is before cell phones or anything. So I'm sure the truck drivers got on their CBs right away. We're like, okay. And uh, so I get there, and the guy's like, he's knocked out, the car's upside down, and the trailer had punctured through the gas tank. So it's oh. all over the place, and it's like, it's just crazy. And I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, I got to get this guy <laughs> out of here. And so I'm trying to open the door, but the door's smashed, can't do anything. So I go, well, and I remember, it's kind of funny, but I, I went and I kicked the window, and the window broke, and I remember I, I kicked the window, I kicked the dude, his head, he goes flying back, but he's out cold, he doesn't fell anyways. And I had to, I have to unhook his seatbelt, and he falls, and I'm dragging him out of his car, and I drag him back towards mine, and then he finally comes to because the rain is hitting him because it's like a, it's like a yeah. squall, right? <laughs> And uh, he comes to, and he's like, what's going on? He's like, oh, my car. He's freaking out. I'm like, can't do anything about it. <laughs> There's a bunch of gas. I don't know what's going to yeah. happen. And obviously, there was enough rain that it, nothing ignited, which was great. Yeah, but that was a fear. Uh, yeah. But, man, <laughs> that, was, uh, that was definitely uh, – that kept me up for uh, quite a few miles on the road after <laughs> that because it was, like, pretty late at night. I, I remember getting tired, like, oh. All of a sudden, and I'm like, on the road, let's go. But I remember that guy just, the whole thing just flipping, and the car was going over the edge. And, oh, and that had to have felt to, surreal. Oh, my goodness. That's, 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 that's a crazy one. That's a good one. That's a good There's one. Another one that, that's kind of a crazy one, too. But this is more like a fight, fight scene, almost. But I was getting done working at Target Broadway, which was on the north Minneapolis, which was – was basically the black side of the town. I was like a GE light bulb. The thieves know who you are. You're the only, you're one of the only white guys working. And it was like a cat and mouse game, right? So I was like, sometimes you'd be like, hey, what's up? And you know the person's a thief, but we're off, we're out of the store now. It didn't matter. And I was pretty fair. I, I tell you this, I, I go, if you fight, I'm gonna chase you, I'm gonna attack you, I'm gonna drag you back in. That's the way it is. You get away, you get away, right? You're gonna be fair about it. You fight me, I'll fight you back. If you don't fight, I don't fight, right? And the word spreads pretty fast, right? So it's kind of funny because you're going out and you're always looking around just in case. You get in my car, which at that point was this my my first car ever, which was a red Pontiac T1000, which is like the bottom <laughs> of the barrel. And so I remember I'm at a stoplight and I'm, I'm looking across the street and it's like maybe 11 o'clock at night. And when you see three guys that are kind of, close to a guy and a girl and it's too close and i'm like mm. this is too close something's gonna happen mm. and this the neighborhood too the very, a lot of gangs there this is a bad area and it was right by this strip joint called bj's of all places right <laughs> and so i'm sitting there watching it going mm. and sure enough one of the guys is bam it's uh. guy he goes down they start dragging the girl across the parking lot Ooh. i'm like all right run the red light, fly up on the curb with my car, I get out. <laughs> and I remember running towards the person because it was just like, it was like work. You know, you're running and you're tackling somebody, you're going to go after it. So I went, grabbed the person that had a hold of the girl around her mouth and around her body. Dragging her. And I get punched in the face by the other guy. And I remember kind of wrenching his arm 
and then he was out of the picture. And then I grabbed the guy and I started just grab him and yank him. And I just started kneeing the crap out of him. Me, me, me. And he goes down, I go down, I'm kneeing him. And then I get back up and the third guy's there and he just takes off running. And so I'm like, okay, got this taken care of. By that time, the, the, the bouncer comes out of the bar and he's, uh, that's the guy that, that originally punched me and my nose is busted, that's bleeding. You know, the other guy that I was kneeing, he's on the ground. He's, he's bleeding out of his nose and out of his mouth. It's kind of gurgling. And I was like, whatever, too bad for him, right? The lady's all freaked out. She runs over to where her boyfriend was. His face was just gashed open. Oof. He was out cold. And so what was kind of interesting is this went to court, and I was a witness and all that, so I went to the court too. Well, I, so I got to find out exactly everything that happened, right? So the guy that I wrenched his arm, I ended, I ended up breaking his elbow. Oof. So he had a broken elbow. The guy that I need, he ended up having three punctured ribs to his lungs. And so that's why he was bleeding out of his mouth and gurgling. Yeah. And, uh, oh. But the crazy thing was one guy had seven previous sexual assaults. The other guy had six previous sexual assaults. And they are still were out and running. The other person had zero, meaning this wasn't caught yet. And uh, so the reason, which I thought we thought this was really funny, not funny, but peculiar, is the reason why this, they ended up going into prison now was because of the violence of the crime. So they took out the first guy, and I'm going, well, what are you talking about? These people are like serial rapists. Isn't yeah. that good enough? People should not be on the street. Yeah, I agree but, with you there. And I remember the lady, she was like just so thankful, grateful, and you know, the boyfriend has a big scar in his nose now, but it was, it was pretty pretty wild, but that was just, and the funny thing is, is there a story after story like that because the target was so crazy back in the day and all these fights and everyone's getting stabbed and there's just this and that, but it was, uh, that was one of the wild ones because you're thinking, ah, just driving home from work, but you're yeah. so tuned of seeing things that aren't normal and you're like, that is not normal. <laughs> yeah, you're just and in tune to it. No one else pulled over. Yeah. No one else. Not one. So that, yeah. if I was there, who knows, that lady would have been raped or worse. And, and those guys might have gone on to commit more. Yeah. And nobody would have, nobody pulls over, nobody wants to get involved, nobody. And so, you know, there's not a lot of people that still to this day that are going to be there to, to, to help you out. That's the thing. It's a kind of a bummer. Yeah. People just want to avoid being hurt. Yeah. Yeah. It goes back to show you, you're always your own best defense. Yeah, and that's why I always tell people, you know, martial arts is a, it's essential, essential for people, <laughs> essential for people. Absolutely.